Welcome to the Wrestling Headlines NXT review. My name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and we are live here on YouTube and also available in podcast form. Links in the description or head over to WrestlingHeadlines.net. It's the Dusty Rose Classic time once again. Time to enjoy some of the NXT. And yeah, an interesting show. Uh, I guess like the wider story in terms of, uh, I always talk about which one was my favourite show of the week when it comes to NXT and AEW. And again, I've just enjoyed AEW a lot more this week. That said, we had New Year's Evil last week, and when it came to this week, it, it was an NXT, like, it was the after the bigger show, after the special kind of NXT. Dynamite's going to have, the, the show that NXT had this week, Dynamite's having that show next week. So, like, when I say I preferred AEW again, that's, it's it's not really fair. <laughs> really. Like, last year, with it was a bit more comparable. Uh, this week, it's, you know, you've got a special. You've got second half of a special versus the first show after said special. They're never going to re- really feel the same. I guess ratings-wise, AEW went up, NXT went down. However, both massively impacted by the news, like, obviously. So, again, not really that much to read into. You see the odd comment of, uh, like, oh, really, they should be getting much higher than that. It's like, you do see what's happening right now, right? <laughs> like, the yeah, there's bigger things happening. Uh, but, yeah, anyway... Uh, NXT, a decent show, I thought. Uh, again, last week I sang the praises of New Year's Evil. I did kind of just say, uh, because of like WWE production stuff, I wasn't able to get into it as much as a W show. Uh, this week, it obviously I'm not comparing them as strongly together because they're two very different kinds of shows this week. And I thought this was a fine buildy uppy show. Getting the tournament started, introducing you to all the acts, getting you getting you excited for what's to come, whilst also setting the groundwork elsewhere. It's one of those shows, and they're often some of my favourite NXTs. <laughs> and I I don't mean that in the way of like, oh my god, it's it's wall to wall amazing NXT. I highly recommend it. Like it's not at that level. I I just personally enjoy it. I like it when I'm seeing things getting set up. Maybe because my wrestling. A brain was like the nerdy brain. I'm just like I'm seeing stories develop. I'm seeing where things could go. I'm like oh that's exciting. Oh isn't that cool? Oh like the moment it, when uh, there's the post on Reddit to do with the main event of AEW, where it's just saying how um, the how the way that match ended was to such an awesome character beat for everybody involved. Just to tie up that story just so perfectly. Uh, when I was reading that, I was just I just got that reaction of oh, I just love it when. There's so much story there, and what you're seeing is just just to play it, to play it out like that, and the way that Darby Allen pinned Brian Cage is so crucial to the story of him and like of uh, like Taz trying to hire Darby Allen. It's just like oh, I love that. So when I'm watching NXT this week, I'm seeing a lot of things getting set up. Like personally, I think that's why I'm enjoying the Jai Lee character. Uh, I see a lot of people. So on Twitter, it's one of those things where. Because it is quite out there with the production, it's fair to say <laughs> that it get it's already gotten some crap on uh, Twitter. But personally, because it's setting things up, there's ways it could go, but they're also not letting too much in, as in they're not over-explaining things. And there's a bit of mystery there. It's like, oh yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love a bit of it. But really, there was uh, there was a the bigger thing on this show was. The Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic. Uh, Sight Council in the chat yes, uh, saying NXT is better 
than Raw. Well, I mean, both for me, Raw, out of all the American shows I watch, Raw's the worst. But its main event is solid. It's a weird mix where it's got good things on the show, but like overall, Raw is for me the weakest of the wrestling shows I watch, which would be Raw, NXT. I watch SmackDown when I can. I say SmackDown's probably the best of the three. Just because they've skyrocketed up whilst NXT's dropped a little bit, but NXT and SmackDown are still. NXT's still better than Raw. SmackDown's jumped up to being possibly the best thing WWE putting out right now. Then uh, AEW up there for me. Obviously, New Japan, I separate because they're the ones I fanboy over. <laughs> I separate them. I very openly am like, no, they're the ones where I kind of fawn over everything and I know that I cannot judge them in an unbiased way, so I just separate them from <laughs> everything else. But yeah, so the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic kind of encompass the show and the title of this episode is that an Impact star, some Impact stars made their debut on the show tonight and it was one of the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic matches so I might as well start with that one. So we knew beforehand it was Jake Atlas and Swerve versus a mystery team called MSK. So you see all them on there it was, and when they hyped it beforehand like earlier in the show they had Jake Atlas and Swerve, they had their images there. But MSK were the question mark faces. It's like, ah, oh. Yeah, so what, who are they going to be? Who are they? Who are they? And they are Zachary Vence and De- Desmond Xavier, two-thirds of the Rascals from Impact Wrestling, making their debuts. Not in the same... When I say from Impact Wrestling, it's not like AEW, where on AEW they are representing the Good Brothers in Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson. They're currently on AEW, as Impact stars. It's not that. <laughs> Zachary Vents... Uh, uh, so, biggest first issue, Zachary Vents and Desmond and Xavier are their indie names, which they then took over to Impact Wrestling as well. I have no idea what the NXT name generator pumped out for them. I heard commentary say Carter and Lee, I think, but I have no idea which one is which. Neither of those names seem to fit with either guy, so I don't know which one's going to be. Like, over time, you always get used to the NXT name. Like, no, it's fine... <laughs> However, uh, for for me, so tonight when I'm talking about them, it will be Vince and, and Javier, just because that was their name on the indie scene. I've watched them for a few years. They're the names I'm accustomed to calling them. So there is that. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, both of them highly talented. And uh, the new duo getting to show why they enter so highly rated with their unique athleticism. Uh, formerly two-thirds of the Rascals in Impact Wrestling. All about showing off a bit of flash to their offence. Uh, the assisted standing shooting star there, that's more than known move. Again, uh, just if that description didn't really do it for you. Uh, yeah, guy on the mat, <laughs> the guy goes to do a, st- a, shoot- a standing shooting star and his tag team mate just pushes him onto the opponent. Uh, just, yeah, amazing move. <laughs> and it's, it's good to see that in an NXT ring. And uh, just a little piece of info, uh, the uh, them doing that move, that is in the WWE 2K games. The reasons in the WWE 2K games is because Vince and Xavier, these two guys that you've just seen, uh, Carter and Lee, <laughs> you've just seen on NXT, uh, they did capture work for the WWE 2K games, and they got that move in there. It happens all the time. Like When the Young Bucks did it, they got the Meltzer driver in, which is their springboard 450 to the other guys, got a to- got them in the tombstone. Uh, or power drive or whatever. Uh, but yeah, so they did that again. When they did the capture work, they got their move into the 2K game. So if you want it, <laughs> that flashy move you just saw them do, it's in your 2K game if you want it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, it was cool to see them, really. 
It was more of a... The match was fine, like a little introductory showcase whilst giving Swerve and Atlas enough time for their kind of next step. And he saw, like, the brawl backstage as well. And Bronson Reed walking in, so you got you got the next step, and this was enough time to bubble it under the surface. In the end, Xavier launching Swerve off Brett's rope with reverse Rana before Wentz held the man up for a running blockbuster for the win. And I've pronounced Xavier and Xavier and Vince and Wentz. <laughs> so, uh, I, yeah, me going, I'm just going to call them these Indian names if that's what I'm used to. And then calling them multiple versions of that name. Yeah. Anyway, a nice little showing for the lads. Uh, NXT's tag scene begins to grow. And it, we're reaching another era where Impact Wrestling have built up a load of really good talent. And then it just kind of bleeds into the top promotion. Difference is this time there's also AEW. So you're seeing Impact Wrestling kind of bleed into AEW as well. And these are two stars who were really highly rated. And they became like a vital part of the Impact Wrestling X Division kind of scene. Uh, Tag scene as well, putting on fantastic matches. And now, yeah, two thirds of them are in NXT. (laughs) So you get some awesome flippy moves. This was more of an introduction to to let you know they are athletic. They are going to be doing... Just these moves kind of like they get the over the kind of team get you behind them a bit with their awesome unique moves that they do and just yeah get you set up for the next match it was an introductory showcase of a match but for me they did do enough to bubble atlas and swerve like under the surface to then see them explode afterwards like they got their big character moment later in the show but yeah i was uh, yeah it was a nice little debut uh, which again that tone for me was the tone for the rest of nxt this week Whereas, like, yeah, it was fine. Yeah, a nice little thing. Yeah, for me, a nice little episode. Like, I'm never going to recommend anybody specifically watch this episode, but me personally, I love these little building block episodes. Setting things up, getting us used to things. <laughs> but let's go, oh, look at that guy. Isn't he cool? Like, oh, he is. What's that one doing to that one? Oh, you're going to find out. <laughs> so I like those episodes. Uh, but also, uh, one of the other Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic matches. I mean, I might as well just go through the others, actually. I was going to jump about a little bit over the card, but now I'll just go with the Dusty Road Classic matches before then talking about the rest, because that's kind of what is important. And next week, the women's Dusty Road Classic gets underway with, I think it was two matches, and the men's continues with three more. Or was it two as well? We'll get to it. It's all in my notes. <laughs> I just cannot remember, because well, I've got all my notes up for the first initial match of the show. So uh, I'll, we'll get to them later. So, the first initial match in the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic for 2021 was the Grizzled Young Veterans versus Everrise. Uh, Zach Gibson with his awesome grating Merseyside gab <laughs> from Liverpool. <laughs> I obviously can't do the accent as I've just proven there. Uh, tune into my Twitch to watch me on Yakuza Zero, also not able to do accents, so just. Yeah, Yakuza Zero, but it's Northern. <laughs> anyway, Everrise calling them on from the ring already. Uh, so, ah, no entrance, so you know how this will end up. Uh, Everwise chatting, one more shouting, <laughs> crap the entire time. Uh, yeah, he's like, like Everwise, yeah, 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 come on, come on, fight me, fight me, <laughs> type of thing. And they were just so hyped and so energetic, and the Grizzled Young Veterans shut them up. <laughs> yeah, Grizzled Young Veterans more speaking with action, aka, you can talk in a headlock, mate. <laughs> the Brits looking. The damn impressive unit constantly working together with an almost formulated performance. Uh, Everwise got their tag and a surprise run against Momentum later on into the match. A nice pop-up into a spear from the duo for the close fall. But the brains of Britain cut the match right back in their favour. Gibson grabbing onto a leg as Drake flew in with a corner drop kick, 
quick tag in, and the ticket to mayhem bought them their place in the quarterfinals. I I rate Grizzled and Veterans really highly, so to see them get this kind of run in NXT is great. Uh, I was really excited when they came back up, and I was like, oh yes, and they're here for the cup as well, uh, like last year. That was a similar thing they were there for last year. It's just nice to see them, really. <laughs> just it's happy because yeah, I really I really really rate them, and they've. Last year they were like full-on hateable heels, but this year they're entering... It's like kind of like the way they're being pushed is that we as an audience know how good they are, so there's a bit more of a respect built in there, even though Zach Gibson's promos automatic, automatic booze. <laughs> it's just that natural, but they're so good in the ring that it's their presentation has a lot more of a kind of respect behind it rather than we are heels, we'll get us to boo you. It's like, no, you know how good we are as well. It's like, yeah, I... There's a bit, yes, there's depth to them this time. Like the NXT UK one's given them a lot, a lot more to them, which yeah, I don't know how far they're going to go. I've, I should have got the table up for the NXT uh, Dusty Classic, but they, for me, they feel like one of the favourite teams. Just the way they've been featured. Yes, we've got Imperium coming later as well. Uh, we had Undisputed Era in the main event. We had uh, who? Was, oh yeah, we had the MSK winning their match. Is uh, it's an interesting one. Like last year, we had the uh, Kushido and Alex Shelley forming, uh, bringing their Time Splitters tag team from New Japan Pro Wrestling into NXT. So that was a nice little thing as well. Uh, but uh, this tournament feels a bit—it feels relatively stacked because I just assumed I just looked at the teams and I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we'll have our quarterfinals and then semifinals and final." Be a nice little thing. And then looked at it and go, "Oh wait, no, there's 16 teams <laughs> to start with, and then it goes into quarterfinals afterwards." These are quarterfinals qualifiers. And it's even more expanded with women's added to it. Well, personally, it has made the, it made it's made this kind of era of NXT like right now. So, like, oh, this is a like there's it's generally a unique time of the year, like it's a special time of the year where you've got your tag team classics, and it's it separates this time of the year from the rest of NXT. So uh, yeah, it's encompassed a lot more of the show, and I'm all for it. So yeah, yeah, like more dusty classic stuff, <laughs> like it's a special thing. Like the show becomes a, a lot more encompassed by it. Just by the, the women being added as well, suddenly you've got more tag team matches. Uh, I would assume it's not going to become too much, but so far, first week, really enjoyed it. You had, you had the men's matches playing out whilst the women's were hyped up. Uh, so next week we'll see what it's like when you have got both. I think, I can't remember how many matches it was between both. Can I find it here? Uh, I can see in the men's it's Lucha House Party and versus Imperium and Kushido and Ruff versus Gargano and Theory. So it's two men's and the women's is Catanzaro and uh, Carter versus Storm and Martinez. I swear there's another one. Can't remember, uh, can't remember what it is. Am I being stupid? <laughs> can't find it. Yeah, anyway, maybe maybe it wasn't. Maybe it's just a one. So there are three tag team matches every show, possibly. We'll see how that goes. But there was one more on this show. The main event, for, which was the... Final first round match of the night. The Undisputed Era, which this year are being represented by Adam Cole and Kylo, not Kylo Riley, by Roddy Strong. And for me, this is a really, really good example of your Undisputed Era, but they've constantly said anybody could win the Tag Team Championships. Like, any member of our group could go for any title. And now the dynamic shifted while Kylo, with Kylo Riley going for the main event belt and Adam Cole and Roderick Strong going for the tag belts. It's just emphasised, it was like, yeah, Adam Cole's had his amazing run, he's a fantastic wrestler, like a leader of the group, but he's going to let the others go for it, and it's, I like that dynamic of the team. But they were facing Breezango, 
who are the, the recently tag team champions. So they were really h- higher up the hierarchy than they would be normally. Like commentary was really putting over both of these teams as the t- like two of the favourites meeting in the first round. Like you could have even said that these two would make the final. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm predicting neither of these teams will make it the final. Like, uh, just for undisputed era, it's probably because of the other storyline. I'm assuming that's going to cost them. Yeah, but uh, here... Breezango were never going <laughs> to... But that's the only the only downside with this is I was never convinced Breezango were going to win. And uh, I think the only thing that nearly got me was the interference. I'm assuming that is why they came out. The interference by Pete Don Birch and Lorkin. And they went there. They attacked the Undisputed Era. Went with Kyle O'Reilly and Breezango semi tried to capitalise. Uh, but yeah, it's one of those matches where yeah, it's good to get it out first on the first show. You set the groundwork as well that the Undisputed Era are going to have this other factor throughout their entire run. So yeah, personally, wouldn't have them win. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, it was a nice dynamic of two sets of goodies having a lovely, respectful bout in the middle of the ring as well. Both got their moments to shine, uh, eventually hitting a really nice back and forth stride in the final few minutes. Uh, Roddy running hot as Fandango kept in the fight. Breeze getting them back in before clogging st- Clocking, I can't say it, clogging strong and finally getting them back in as a duo uh, because Undisputed Era did a really good job of holding control. You're keeping one man up at all times and you just dominate the match. But finally, Febreze got back in uh, to run into the uh, Great Four final stretch uh, with all four men finally going at it and exchanging kicks. And as soon as I write that, Pete Dunne walks out and his tag mates survive to take out Kyle O'Reilly uh, Bertrand Lorcan holding the man up against the scaffold uh, when in ran Ballard for the save. Uh, but the numbers game was too much. Down went the champion and Dunn charged with a knee, crushing Kyle's jaw against the barricade. A uh, distraction enough for Febreze to have something to capitalise off of. Off of. Uh, but Undisputed Era kept countering their attempts. Uh, in the end, Fandango flying off the top rope right into an Adam Cole superkick for the win. Awesome finish. I, I love the... Fella launches from somewhere and gets caught with a kick. <laughs> Be it a super kick, even like a uh, like a V trigger or Stephanie or something, uh, or the big lad headbutts the <laughs> or something like that. I, I yeah, a massive fan of person launches gets caught with something. For me, they always look really cool. This no exception. Uh, Undisputed Era advanced to the quarterfinals. No, 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 yeah, it's quarterfinals next week. Yeah, uh, not next week, next round. They advance to the quarterfinals as Adam Cole checks on his stable mate and Dunn looks down at them from atop the ramp with his mm, my grumpy. <laughs> He's got his grumpy face on just staring down at them like, yes, I did a thing. Uh, yeah, it it was a, for me that was a perfectly fine match for a first round kind of match. It, especially, it, again, it perfectly capped the show for me just in terms of tone and everything. Where it was one of those shows where it was setting up. I'd seen the face in the preview window that I just pulled. <laughs> so, oh dear. <laughs> uh, but yeah, with NXT, I it, this week it felt like a building block episode and setting things up. And that's what this main event felt like to me. Like it was trying to inject uh, energy and a bit of excitement into there. Like, oh, are you actually going to uh, have the Undisputed Era and lose? But the reason that I didn't really is because... The entire tone for the show for me was setting up, laying the groundwork for what's coming next. And when I was seeing the group of Dunn, Burton, and Lorcan, I just assumed this was setting up the story of Undisputed Era having this other factor over their shoulder throughout their entire run. That's not going to be that easy. They're going to have these guys boarding with them. 
that like outside of them trying to win their matches. And I feel like when I, I, it's weird because I'm not putting it down. I'm just saying it fit the tone of the show. <laughs> so I'm not saying if sometimes predictable is fine because you're laying the groundwork to set it up. You're foreshadowing. And that's what the main event was for me. It was a, a strong piece of foreshadowing of what's coming down the line of just letting us know that Undisputed Era's run is not going to be easy. And then there is whatever the group is called with Pete Dunne and his merry friends. <laughs> whatever that is. And I'm relatively... Yeah, after this show... Because again, none of the Dusty Road Classic matches were amazing tag team matches. They weren't anything for me to just go, you need to watch this these matches. They were amazing. But they got me excited for the tournament. They did their job. As I was, as I was getting stuff together for this show, I was like, you know what? I'm going to actually really enjoy covering these Dusty Cup matches. If it's like this... And the first week is always quite exciting. You get to see the first teams coming in there. What are the, what's the, what are the dynamics going to be? Who are the favourites? Who are the underdogs? And which big teams get eliminated uh, off the bat? And that kind of thing. And the, as you watch the teams progress, it's, it starts to look towards the final. And that's always exciting as well. It's, uh, these are the exciting parts. It's can you keep that momentum going? And some, some years they have, some years they haven't. And looking at the field, I feel like this will be a successful year for the Dusty Cup. Personally, just looking at the field, it feels strong enough that it's not going to take very long before you're getting to matches between <laughs> hot prospects. It's like, oh, well, who should win this one? It feels like you're going to get to that relatively quickly. Like, even really the quarterfinals, you're going to relatively quickly hit great matches, even if it's still an air of predictability. But um, again, predictability, going with the right choice isn't always bad. <laughs> it's like, oh, we knew that per Like, some, quite often... Um, like especially in wrestling, you go, oh, that, that it was so predictable that the person was going to win. Yeah, because that's the story. <laughs> that's, no, that's nothing wrong there, and that's what this was tonight. All the right people won. You could have looked at the card and blindly picked every single winner. Not blindly picked, as in without seeing anything about how the match went down, you would have been able to pick each winner for each match. As long as you like, as long as you, as long as you watch it next day, obviously. But. That's not bad. That that's perfect for me because you're laying the groundwork for me to, and, you're, and I can look forward and get excited to what's coming, which is more often than not an issue I've had with the main roster with WWE, where they're trying building things up in the moment, but stuff for further down the line. And that's where for me AW are excelling, and of course, harkening back on stuff, which was the thing in the main event I really really enjoyed, was the, the it's a little thing. I'll pick it up. Just because it's an example of why I'm really enjoying AW to the level that I am. But in the main event, Darby Allen beat Brian Cage with a crucifix. So like up on his shoulders, just rolled down, uh, chapter his shoulders down for a pin. And the reason that is awesome for me is awesome. I didn't remember it, but somebody else did <laughs> remember it and posted it on the Reddit. Where the reason Taz, who's Brian Cage's manager, and kind of started the whole beef with Darby Allen. The reason he's got his beef is because months ago, maybe like nine months if not more, I think it was, it must be more because it was before the pandemic, if when there still were, were still crowds there, Taz approached Darby Allen after a match, offering help because Darby Allen had tried to score a crucifix pin, it hadn't worked, and the opposition guy won because of it. And uh, Taz was like I, I, like, I can tell you what you did wrong, I could be your coach, and Darby Allen pushed him aside saying, I know what I did wrong. I do not need you as my manager. And Taz took that as beef and ever since has just been <laughs> going after Darby Allen, getting Brian Cage in, and Vicky Starks, a bit of powerhouse hub, just building his unit. And this tonight on this episode, 
he like months down the line, he beat Brian Cage with a crucifix, showing Taz that he did know what he did wrong and he used it to win the match. <laughs> it's like, oh, yes. <laughs> this light, if almost like this is the entire time, this is what he's been kind of building to in a way. And just such a massive fan on making me feel like my time isn't wasted. Where you've got, you know where your story is going essentially. NXT is a lot better at it. For me, it's just it's a uniquely main roster problem. Where they, um, I think we've like in analysis before, I've said that it feels like WWE have forgotten how to tell stories. And the big comparison at the time were NXT and New Japan. Now there's AEW like really showing how to do it in the like weekly TV format to such a high degree uh, that it's kind of showing up NXT a bit. <laughs> but NXT still with stuff like this cup and everything as well. It's uh, tournaments are a great way to build up kind of commitment in not, uh, to get people behind your teams or players or what have you. And as you watch them progress through the tournament, you kind of automatically get behind them. Uh, so they're doing a yeah. So it automatically happens, but it does mean you're kind of looking to weeks down the line when you're looking at matches that could happen. You're looking at stories that will take place over the course of the tournament. Always exciting. Always look forward to it. Anyway, I'm going to take a quick sip of water. That's enough babbling on. I didn't need to go. I was just. I was so excited after watching AW this week and after NXT I was just like, you know, I'm going to really co- enjoy covering the Dusty Cup. It's one of those weeks where, yes, I preferred AW, but I was happy with both shows. Again, don't understand the brand loyalty of only sticking to one and crapping on the other. Like, what? watch both. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I was happy after both shows for different reasons. Like, yeah, it's, it's wrestling. Like, who? I mean, to be fair... Brand warfare and loyalty was the most predictable thing of AEW starting because you see it in all forms of society, and especially especially in entertainment, be it video games, be it comic books, be it movies, what have you. Uh, the, the Star Wars or Star Trek, <laughs> Xbox or PlayStation, like yeah, it's a, it was the most predictable kind of human characteristic to predict. Yeah, it doesn't mean that I understand why <laughs> you do it, but it's the, yeah, it's the thing. Mm. Oh, I bloody needed that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's get on with it. I'm going to go through the other segments on the show. There were a few of them, uh, but for, yeah, again, the main point was driving home Dusty Cup next week and Dusty Cup this week. Again, I really like these shows when they happen, uh, and I really like that it's going to be, encompass the shows a little bit more to make it feel like a special period. Uh, anyway, Shotzi Blackheart versus Candice LeRae, who was joined by uh, the Ways Indy Hartwell. A decent opener from the two here. Shotzi with her best showing against the experienced vets yet. And I like how this opened the show as well. Like, it's not it's not a special NXT, but you're getting this feud that's been bubbling for a while. And kind of naturally they've progressed to this point. And you got you got both... Uh, well, Kushida ran down like after the match. He wasn't in a match with Gargano. But you did get kind of the, the comeuppance of last week taking place on this show. Uh, but yeah, decent opener between the two. Throwing caution to the wind was Shotzi... Uh, but she also had her own, she held her own, sorry, whilst the match went back and forth inside the ring. Blackheart with the uh, Tope Suicida to crash down on with both lasses and and to cope with the two at once. Also, when you're writing a sentence, don't put Tope and cope next to each other. Your brain will read it as Cope. It was so close. <laughs> uh, I was just like, what do you mean to Cope with them? <laughs> oh, it's Cope, it's a word. <laughs> anyway. However, as the match progressed, Indy became an increasingly big problem, 
with Shotzi in full control, driving Candice down with a DDT. Hartwell scrambled up onto the apron and scuppered an immediate follow-up. Uh, Blackheart kicked her right back down, but that moment's distraction was enough for Larray to pounce back up and nail a swinging netbreaker off of Brett's rope for the three. Candice beat Shotzi once more, but this time Blackheart was clearly painted to have her number, and the only reason Candice won was because of Indy Hartwell. Uh, a nice progression where we've seen Candice use her kind of like she's outsmarted Blackheart before. Yes, it may not have been clean, but she did outsmart her. This time, she actively needed help, and I like that shift of dynamic. We've seen we've seen the relationship in ring relationship evolve. The next stage is Blackheart truly having Candice's number and could generally beat her. Yeah, bubbling like in terms of me saying it felt it felt like in the past, like my review of NXT in twenty twenty. Which is that it felt like a lot of their long-term kind of building they were praised for had just kind of fallen down a bit for the... Uh, you got building to the special, building to the pay-per-view, and it felt... Rhythmically, it felt a lot like the main roster. And I was a bit kind of down on that. But as we're entering this era, like a month after, <laughs> maybe I posted my column on why I didn't care about war games a bit too early. But like now, I can. there's things bubbling, and they've continued to bubble... And I, uh, even through New Year's, New Year's Evil, which had the big title matches, things didn't just kind of die away after it. This week kind of showed me that things will continue to bubble. And Candice and Shotzi is one of those matches where it's continued to do that. Uh, obviously, the only downside is you see them wrestle a lot more against each other than you would do in like the, the old, slightly in the older way. NXT would tell stories over that. When they knew it would be like one show each quarter, you got your really nice long build. But... This has continued to bubble, and the way they're building to Blackheart finally overcoming Candice, I'm really enjoying it. They're taking the time with it. It's not like bang, 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 one one week after the other, like you, like I would assume it would be on Raw. <laughs> in time for the pay-per-view in three weeks. <laughs> like No, it's genuinely bubbling really well. And I'm looking forward to when... They're getting me to care about Blackheart finally doing it. So they're nailing it. That's the, that's the, that's the entire point of the story. <laughs> and they're nailing that story because they're getting that emotion out of me. Uh, after that, NXT champion Finn Balor made his way out. The champ is back, paying respect to Kyle O'Reilly's fight and asking the question, who is next? When out comes Pete Dunne with his merry friends. That's who's next. Uh, the man who is there to claim his throne as the top British star of wrestling. Uh, the only reason Balor's still on top is because Dunne's not taken the throne yet. But yeah. I, it's one of those... Dunne, for, weirdly, because he was in Pat McAfee's group, it's taking a bit of time for me to treat him as like the spearhead of the trio, where it feels like Pat McAfee was the head of the group. So it's taking me a little while to get used to Pete Dunne like going for the championship just because the way he was presented in that group. Uh, I mean, they're taking the time to do it. Another praise to that. Uh, they're they're showing him wanting to go for that title and giving his claim to it, but then something always comes up. So his his character's getting room to develop whilst you know why he's there. Because, again, <laughs> that's looking ahead. That's looking forward kind of stuff, which I've, again, I'm praising NXT for. It's nice to see it. I, I felt like, I just felt like it wasn't there that much. And when I, uh, it's nice to see it, really. Yeah, I was going to make another point, but I'll leave it. Uh, Birch and Lorcan jumped the ladder, made, and the beatdown ensued, only for Undisputed Era to make the save. And we saw late in the show, Balor would make the save for the Undisputed Era, so it was paid back in kind. Cole... O'Reilly and Strong charged the ring and put a stop to the shenanigans. The champion with more of a stare down of thanks than a full-on gratitude. 
Like, the enemy is my enemy is my friend, rather than, oh, thanks, mate. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to get a party. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, it was, it's less that chummy, <laughs> pally feel. And it's uh, it like, we're not friends, but you've just helped me. I will go now. <laughs> it's just like a bit of an awkward <laughs> little thing there. Yeah, anyway. After that, we got Johnny Gargano in an interview. Uh, he had a match later in the night with Dexter Loomis, which we'll get to shortly. Uh, he's just proclaiming that tonight he's going to beat that mute freak. And next week, he and Austin will easily progress through the Dusty Cup to the quarterfinals when Austin Theory rocks up with an envelope. And it's from Dexter Loomis. Some uh, lovely art from the lad mocking the two was inside. Uh, Austin like, hey, it looks like you. Johnny's like, it doesn't look like me. It doesn't look like me. No, it doesn't. There's nothing like me. <laughs> just angrily ripping it apart and storming off. Uh, yeah. yeah. Austin playing the idiot as well throughout the entire segment. Uh, yes. Yeah. It, I'm fully predicting he's going to cost Johnny <laughs> in the tournament. Johnny's going to, yeah. That's, that's my prediction. It's Austin Theory does something stupid and it costs him. His idiocy comes up and Johnny blames him. Ah, yes. Oh, silly Johnny. Anyway, the match itself. Just checking I'm not skipping any... I'm skipping loads of backstage stuff. <laughs> so first thing, I was just about to skip. Uh, we got a big fancy recap of Ripley versus Gonzalez uh, with Raquel Gonzalez narrating her victory. Not on the show, but got this little spotlight. Uh, after that, we got Shotzi Blackheart interview. Uh, she's obviously disappointed in the loss, but she's now looking forward to the Dusty Cup. And it, taking part in the first ever women's uh, Dusty Tag Team Championship tournament... So she needs someone she can trust. Someone that she's been to war with. And that person, it's Ember Moon. Uh, yeah, Blackheart and Moon. Uh, where Blackheart getting, I feel like she's been a really good place to get experience from great people, be it in the ring, be it this nice long feud with the Candice LeRae, and now a tag team with Ember Moon as well. Like, yeah, these are all things where, I can, and for me, you can see the progression of Blackheart, like, in this short period of time. It's like, yeah, she's very quickly becoming... Obviously, she's getting featured a lot in terms of becoming an established name for NXT, but the improvement is clear as well. So it's backing up the reason for doing it. Yeah, so next up, Team with Moon. Maybe leads into a feud with Moon. For me, that feels like a nice little progression, especially as uh, as much as I enjoy the stuff in the way, my personal thing that I would do would you kind of move Blackheart to a thing and for the meanwhile, LeVay's won that feud technically in a little way. But Blackheart will come back and beat her. That's what I do. A little side story before she then goes to the main thing. Just kind of prolong it a little bit more. That's not the WWE way, but NXT have done that in the past. And as the kind of point I'm making with this show is there's signs of NXT's bubbles. Where I don't mean bubbles. I don't, that's a wrong word to use during a pandemic. <laughs> what I mean is uh, their stories would often bubble under the surface before coming to the forefront in time for the takeover. It, uh, this episode felt like that. It was simmering stuff, setting things up, laying the groundwork, which is it's like, oh, did they listen to the critique of 22? Because that's, I felt like a lot of the critique was that. It's terms of like a lot of hot-shotting and kind of blasting through things rather than taking your time to build stuff. And that that really pays off in the end. Like we're seeing with the amount of applause AEW have been getting up as of late. That took months and months and months. And NXT used to do that. And the plaudits you get at the end of it, it kind of shows why you do it. You keep people invested for that long-term stuff. You don't have to put on crazy show <laughs> every single week. Anyway, uh, Johnny Gargano was joined by Austin Theory as he faced Dexter Loomis, uh, the male half of the Way family after he got the female half to open the show. Uh, Johnny getting in the face of the creepy artist after the lad threw him and Candice into a sudden mixed tag last week at New Year's Evil. 
as Dexter Loomis was the host. And this was the match after that, where Gagano gets to get his own back on Dexter Loomis for doing that. Uh, Loomis is... He's all unorthodox and weird. <laughs> Again, surprise, surprise. Uh, Johnny tried to outsmart the man and ground him. A tact many have used before in Dexter's matches, but Dexter's one to fight in like sudden bursts. So it's what it's kind of a tactic that fits him perfectly, really. Like to kind of suddenly wake up and have a flow of momentum. Uh, the two surprisingly smooth together. Like I say surprising, like it is, it's Johnny Gargano who's like one of the best. But Loomis for me was smooth in tow himself. Now I'm still not the biggest fan of the kind of, or the, like style of match that Loomis wrestles. But I can't argue that this wasn't one of the better showings. And for me, if this is where Dexter Lewis is kind of getting to. This was a great showing of him in that style. Doesn't mean I'm enjoying his matches. It just, I don't know if it's a personal thing where I'm not a massive fan of Dexter Lewis's style and I feel like it kind of doesn't gel with NXT as well. That's another one of my beliefs <laughs> for Lewis is it's a gimmick that will work really well on the main roster because of the style of wrestling that he does, but it doesn't quite fit NXT, which has still got that really strong like super indie vibe to it. But the main roster, Dexter Lewis could slot in like easily, I feel like it'd be alright. Like Elias is the template of that. NXT just never caught on. You could see the potential, and by the end there were some great bits with Corey Graves and stuff, but it was always it felt relatively clear that by the time you get on the main roster, it would just catch fire. I had no idea it would catch fire to the level that it did, <laughs> but you could kind of sense it a bit. It's just not the kind of act that works in the kind of environment that NXT is with that strong super indie vibe to it. I feel like Dexter Lewis is the same. I don't think he'll be at the same level of Elias just because a lot more quiet of a character. But I feel like he'll slot into the main roster a lot better than he does the NXT one. Purely because, again, of that super indie vibe still being there. I don't feel like it's as strong after last year. But again, maybe... Again, this week felt like a week that has stuff bubbling and this is the this was a rare kind of episode to get last year. So the fact they're doing it like immediately out the gate it makes me think, were they, are they aware <laughs> of the criticism of, no, no, I'm perfectly fine for you to take your time with your stories. You don't have to rush through anything. Uh, again, I'm a lot of our dramas over in England take their time. So <laughs> as a European, it's like, yeah, I'm perfectly fine if you slow it down. Yeah, totally fine with it. Uh, but yeah, Austin's attempted interference completely failed. Uh, I say completely failed. Uh, Gargano, after him jumping off onto the to, uh, apron and just getting his hands stamped on, uh, Gargano was unable to hit the, his one final beat finisher afterwards. Uh, the second attempt caught as well. Uh, Johnny looking in certain defeat, but Theory righted his wrong and was once uh, once again up on the apron to help his dad. I don't know what's the family, what's the relationship <laughs> here. He was once again up on the apron to help him once more. An almost carbon copy ending of the opening ending for the way. Opening ending, that's a, a oxymoron. <laughs> the opening ending for the way. Uh, the face in control up until the outside help interfered and he and swung the match back their way for the heel win. Uh, Gargano securing the roll-up on this occasion and the post-match beatdown could begin. Uh, Gargano and Theory laying in the fists and stomps when out ran Kushida. A very clear message from the Japanese lad getting made afterwards. Letting Gargano know he's coming for both his title and the Dusty Cup run. Because next week is Kushida and Leon Ruff versus Gargano and Theory. And uh, both statements made there. Uh, do we see Kushida and Theory... Sorry, Kushida and Ruff win purely so he's got a win over Gargano? Or 
what do we what do we get what do we get i don't know <laughs> uh, speaking of what do we get in that weird voice uh, wade barrett uh, he's got some good news because he's giving us uh, like a boxing-esque in-ring pre-match face-off. Uh, for me, so I don't know if this is definitely a thing over in America, but it is in the UK. Uh, but again, just to start off, I really liked this. <laughs> them just two facing each other, giving their reasons why they've got the beef and just getting it out there. And But yeah, in the boxing world over here in the UK, quite often, even it's like the biggest fights, I think the last one I watched was Dylan White and Anthony Anthony Joshua. And just like this, they're sat outside the table. There's a mediator in the middle, uh, often a former pro. And they'll get their beef... Yeah, they flop their beef out <laughs> under the table. They'll get everything out there and have a... And it's, it, is, it is a hyping tool. It's, it's, to, it's marketing, really, to get you excited for the match. You're meant to kind of diss in. But it's like the two staring down and talking their confident game ahead of their fight. Like, often with reactions bubbling over... Uh, but the words play king. It's, and you're, again, you've got the mediator in the middle telling them that they can't overstep their line. Uh, it doesn't mean they don't. <laughs> but most of the time, like it's, it, it doesn't bubble too far over. Uh, again, it's all about selling the buys. You're, you, you're not meant to fight now. You're meant to sell the fight, essentially. And it's what they did here as well. Uh, a technique taken from the boxing world and put right in. I... I really liked this. Just Thatcher and Champa getting their beef out on the table, flopping it out, <laughs> slamming it down with a thud. <laughs> Thatcher saying he had no problem with Tommaso before he targeted him uh, was like he was only there trying to teach the youth. And uh, whilst Champa's uh, going to take every liberty in the fight pit, telling Timothy he's full of crap. <laughs> the two fates next week in the fight pit. And uh, yeah, a nice little bubbly thing. Really enjoyed it. Uh, Undisputed Era got an interview as well, talking about not being uh, worried about on their win, being messed with tonight. Turns out they should have been, but they passed the test anyway. And Kyle will be out there just to make sure, though. So they had their kind of backup, like just in case things did bubble over. Also, the uh, women's uh, Dusty teams got announced as well later into the show. So we know we've got uh, Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon. But three more teams were announcing Candice Ray and Indy Hartwell, uh, Casey Catanzaro and Kaden Carter, and Mercedes Martinez and Tony Storm. That final team want to be reckoned with. And I feel sorry for Catanzaro and Carter. <laughs> they got through a little promo uh, later. It's like, oh, we're like, we're ready to show our opponents up next week. We're going to go down in history as the first winners of the Women's Dusty Cup. And they're like, yeah, we're going to show everybody up because we're the underdogs. No one expects us to win, but we're going to show you up. And uh, it's like, ah, oh, but it is Mercedes Martinez and Tony Storm. <laughs> Are you really, though? <laughs> and, yeah, really strong team in Mercedes and Storm. Yeah, I'm really, I do rate Kanzaro and Carter. I think they're a relatively, uh, they're a strong face team. It's just there isn't really a Division 4 or a women's tag team, but Dusty Cup is perfect for it. But <laughs> they'll forget Martinez and Storm. So don't love their chances. After that, we got a little. Uh, VTR of Scarlet Bordeaux doing spooky spook in red lighting with a little school statue on the table drawing tarot cards to let us know Cross is coming for the prince tick tock tick tock uh, the prince is next yeah, a little exciting uh, yes and the final match we're going to be talking about uh, I, I think this is a clean up of just to make sure I like, just go over the Dusty Cup stuff for next week but we've got Jaya Lee versus 
Didn't get, a, didn't get a name, so she's written down as Jobby Job Job. <laughs> the uh, entrance uh, creating a nice, unique setting. Uh, but, oh, well, because I described all that last week, but this week I just want to say uh, the little additional touch. I don't know if they did this last week, but I spotted it this one where, whilst the match went on, the torches stayed on the screen, which were part of the Titantron package for her entrance, Vajayali. Uh, the flaming torches stayed on in the background. Uh, the crowd went on to the rest of them, but those torches were still there and them just saying there was like a nice little aura touch just to keep it within that vibe. Uh, one palm strike and a kick later and it was all over in seconds uh, adding to the beating at the whim of the throne lass after the match. Uh, Jaya certainly stands out now like a lot of effort into the presentation really makes it stand out. Uh, the whole thing like doing its darndest to make her look like a badass and it's working. <laughs> keep at it. Give us nice little snippets like this. I was worried that once it transferred from the like highly edited and produced video packages into seeing it in the ring, it just wouldn't translate. Uh, the creepy ass on the throne is getting a bit kind of mocked a little bit online, but because they're not going out of the way to over-explain anything, and like the kind of uh, the commentary seemingly know as little as us, for me that really helps with this kind of gimmick. Again, they're not over-explaining it. You're in confusion just as much as everybody else and you're only getting little snippets every time. I think that really benefits this. Because whatever it is, my assumption is it's going to be weird enough that if you told us it all at once we've gone, sorry what? <laughs> but if you eventually give us a little glimpse of something every single week. And this week was the lass on the throne having the level of commands to get Jaili to cause that post-match beating. Just the level of control had by her. It's yeah, controlling the fight so strongly. It's not quite Festus, <laughs> but it's still uh, controlling her. Uh, anyway, that is the end of the review for NXT this week. And I've, uh, I've realised throughout the course of this, bloody hell, I'm tired. <laughs> but I'm blasted through it anyway. Uh, NXT and AW were both... I, again, I enjoyed both of them this week. Uh, N I, again, preferred AW, but NXT also left me happy and excited for the Dusty Cup. So good thing he's coming out of both. Watch them both. <laughs> both are good. Uh, but we've also got a few things set up. Uh, we do a lot about next week's show where we've got uh, one women's match for the Dusty Cup and we've got two men's. Uh, we've got uh, Swerve uh, versus, I think it was Swerve versus Bronson Reed. I can't remember if that was officially announced, but that was teased backstage after Bronson Reed confronted them. And we've got the fight pit as well with Champa and Thatcher. Uh, if it was taken off the New Year's Evil card, uh, maybe because of time or whatever, or because generally, maybe generally because of injury, uh, whatever the reason, I feel like it slots in this slot really well. I don't know. I felt like maybe on New Year's Evil might have about felt like one thing too many. But as its own thing on an NXT show where the rest of the show is going to be Dusty Cup stuff and uh, like tournament things happening and characters continue to get built, more groundwork laid, you can main event with that, with the fight pit, and it will be like a standout match just because the rest of the show is setting things up for the future. You can have your big focal point match as well. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So with it, with this NXT review, how do I grade it? I, I wouldn't say go out of your way to watch it, but I would say if you're if you're like me, if you love watching things get set up, in like where could that go? Where could this go? All these characters doing that. Where's this headed? If you're that kind of viewer, then you will really enjoy this episode, because I did, yeah, and especially the Dusty Cup. If you tune in for the Dusty Cup every year, this is like obviously that time of year you to watch the entire tournament. So yeah. Anyway. In a, uh, it feels weird to not have a million things to kind of like, what am I doing on this day, that day, next? I've had like a couple of weeks of madness, 
But it's back to normal Raw then NXT. Uh, I'm still unable to do SmackDown because of circumstances. Uh, I'm essentially waiting on a room to get finished. How long it will take, God knows. <laughs> We're in that stage. <laughs> Physically, it's there for the things to be put in, but there's so many spinning plates that I can't you know, go into the thing. So, uh, yeah, we're still in a stage where me being able to cover SmackDown is not on the cards yet. <laughs> or to record at a decent time in the UK. Uh, for uh, Instead of going at American time uh, every single time. It's like, yeah, we'll have to... Still not quite there. <laughs> Hopefully not too long. Uh, anyway, I'll be back on Tuesday with the Raw review. But what did you make of NXT? Are you excited for the Dusty Cup just like I am? Uh, which one did you prefer, AW or NXT this week? Again, me personally, AW, but I was happy with both. And uh, who are your picks for both the women's tag and the men's tag? Uh, I don't know if that's the entire field for the women's, just four teams. I'd assume there's more. <laughs> so maybe that was not as easy to predict, but the men's, we've got the entire field. Like, who is your personal pick to win the Dusty Cup? You can hit me up on Twitter, at the damn Implicat. That's damn as a damn. I'm also streaming on Twitch. Uh, I've routinely managed to do every Monday and Tuesday since coming back from my break, but uh, I'm going to try Fridays and things. We'll see how it goes. And uh, is there anything else to plug? I'm, well, I'm constantly guesting on the Wrestling Shorts Twitch as well, if you want to catch me there, playing various sports games or what have you. Uh, the Wrestling Headlines website. Mm. <laughs> that was... Da -da 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 -da, Superman. Wrestling Headlines. <laughs> I regret doing that immediately. Uh, but yeah, so the uh, Wrestling Headlines website for all your latest wrestling news and uh, the columns that have been going up as of late, I've been knocking it out of the park. If you want to go to the columns there, place there, that's where I'm meant to belong <laughs> before jumping into this. Anyway, so with that, I say thank you for watching, uh, like, engaging in any way, be it liking, subscribing, five-starring on the review thing, what, what have you. If you really do want to, you can donate via Red Circle uh, through us. The link to our Red Circle page is up. That's the uh, podcast hosting site, uh, but there is a donate function on there. Uh, if you really do want to. And uh, just thank you for tuning in and everything. Uh, so with that, I bid you adieu. And I say adios. Ten.